0: Oh, I'm sorry, did I break your concentration? Somewhere
1: between science and superstition. We have such sights to show you.
2: Strange Eons. Welcome to Strange Eons Radio, number 198.
1: Oh. Wow, we're getting so close.
2: That's Eric over there. Hello. That's Vanessa over there. Hello. I'm Kelly. Vanessa, I need to know, uh, did the wedding go off without a hitch or did you indeed get hitched?
1: Uh, <laughs> so many tricks to that question. Uh, it, it, yeah, the wedding happened, it occurred. I'm I'm a married human being who is married to another human being and that's very exciting. <laughs> Um, like any wedding, of course, there's little bumps along the way. Uh, not everything went perfect, but uh went pretty well overall.
2: Nice. Sorry, boys. She's taken.
1: Yeah. I, <laughs> and uh,
2: girls. <laughs> yes. Cover all your bases, huh? Well, you know. You women back off. That's right.
1: <laughs> there's pretty ones out there.
2: I went up to uh, Bellingham uh, yesterday to uh, spend some time with my dad on his birthday, and my mom mm-hmm. made sure to tell me to tell Vanessa congratulations on her wedding. Oh.
1: Thank you so much to your mom. That's so kind.
2: She also said, I sure like Eric's voice. And I was like, I'm not sure where this I, came from. No, and I'm sitting right here, mom.
3: Uh, yeah, I don't know what to do with that.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: no. yeah. She that just likes first.
2: that you, you seem happy and you laugh a lot.
1: Oh, okay, That, I was that like, can be very approachable. I, I was hear. like,
2: I'm trying to break him of that. Yeah,
1: good luck. I'll, we don't I'll need also, three Kellys on the show. I'll, you know?
3: I'll also toss in as a attendee of the wedding. It was very cool, and it was wow. so you. Yeah. And I'm assuming, you know, I don't know your husband quite as well, but, I mean, like, they had geek vows oh. and uh, dorky things going on all over the place, playing video games, a pizza
2: truck for the oh, catering. Oh, I was going to ask if pizza was catered.
1: Oh, yes. Pizza was... It was really good pizza, yeah. too. We, like, taste-tested a lot of pizza to get the right pizza. Right. But, yeah, no. the
3: champagne was... I'm not a big champagne guy.
2: That champagne was really good. <laughs>
1: the champagne was from Costco. It was. They, hey, oh, no disparagement. I am a from?
2: huge fan of the champagne from Costco. It
1: was. It was actually yeah. pretty yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. I'm not a huge overall like wine genre fan, but uh, yeah, that that was really good. And that was actually really important to us. We were just like, you know what? If we're gonna do this, we we're gonna make it like our thing. And yeah. who cares if people don't get the Brundlefly reference, <laughs> which was in the vows. <laughs> They're just going to have to catch up. Uh, and Grandma seemed to, you know, laugh in all the right places. So
2: Very nice. Uh, I'm most interested to find out that your husband is the heir to a wine legacy now.
1: Uh, I mean, that assumes...
2: Just let's leave it at that. Yes. yes. And I, yes. I, I will be befriending him much more.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but yes, the Mangata winery at Resurgent Vineyard. Yes, I know I, nothing of wine, so don't ask any specific questions.
2: Well, I'm going to assume that Mangata does not uh, make their own bubbles, then. Otherwise, why wouldn't that have been?
1: No, they don't. They're they're very new, so they've um, they've only been around a year and a half. They they bought the Resurgent Vineyard, which has been around a little bit, and apparently the vineyard has extremely good reviews. But I don't know something about rocks.
2: Oh. This this winery
1: rocks. (laughs) It does. It grows out the. They grow through the struggle of the vine to make it through the rocky ground next to a creek. Somehow it changes the taste. I really would have no idea.
2: Shut up. Give me a bottle and a straw. There you go. Done. Well, how was your weekend? You had (laughs) an alternative version. I did. Uh, Let me just start out with this. I probably should have gone to the wedding. (laughs) Oh. And I'm only saying that because, uh, the, the first night I saw some films, mm-hmm. it was really cool. And then, you know, we all go to the moon and sixpence afterwards yeah. and there's a big, huge, long table where everybody sits and chats and all that stuff. Yeah. And, uh, in walks in my ex-girlfriend oh. from 10 years God. ago. Oh no.
3: Oh no. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Oh,
2: no. And, uh. And I'm standing, and she kind of plants herself with, uh, with the guy she's seeing, like right in my line of sight. I, it took me a minute to figure out what was going on, but uh, somebody leaned over to me and said, is this on purpose? Oh, <laughs> and, I, and I realized, oh, I think it is. I think she's waiting to see what my response will be, right? And my response was nothing. But then she came and sat at the table.
1: Ah, <laughs> right? that's so gross.
3: It was fine for the response.
2: The the thing is, is that, um, so I, I basically ghosted the rest of the, the festival. Uh, Andrew Migliori took me to all sorts of distilleries and cool restaurants and all of that stuff. Um, and it's not so much that I hate her and I can't stand to see her, but you know, you guys know about my anxiety and what I did not want was to be, was that turning a corner and bumping into someone and having to pretend that. You yeah. don't see each other, which happened a total of five times during the Whoa. festival. Oh my God. Where we, God. we turned, were right in front of each other, kind of averted our eyes and just, you know, moved on. And I was, I was like, God, this is so stupid. Literally every yeah. other girlfriend I've been with, the millions of women I've been with. <laughs> if I were to bump into them on the street, it's a hug and a, oh my God, so nice to friend. see you. That kind I, of stuff. I can
3: verify that. I mean, I've known you a long time. I've known a whole lot of the women you've dated. Yeah. And solid 90% or more, he still get along with just fine. Just yeah. fine. Too fine. <laughs> <But, laughs> I wasn't going to mention that.
1: <laughs> it's hard. I mean, I, I've had that experience with an ex at, um, Crypticon where for yeah. a couple of years, I, it was like in, in packs like that, they were in the same circles and yeah. it was like hell. It was it's a, it's a weird hell.
2: feeling. Aww. Um, however, yep. the festival took a, a great turn when, uh, Eric, do you remember about five years ago, there was, uh, one guy who was one half of the comedy duo, Chuck and Dexter, who did a one man version of rats in the walls live rats in the walls, my favorite Lovecraft story, the first Lovecraft story I ever read. And he, he performs this pacing back and forth on stage in period, correct garb telling this story. And it's an hour long presentation. I mean, it's all up in his head. It's amazing. He was there doing that again. And so I made sure to catch that. And then Andrew said, Hey, do you mind if I invite Tim? Tim Uren is his name. Uh, mind if I invite Tim to come to dinner with us? I oh. like, God, I would love that because I kept thinking to myself, there's a way to turn this performance into a film. Oh, wow. So he and his wife came and then it turned out that the other half of Chuck and Dexter was also there, a guy named Joseph Scrimshaw. And, uh, these two people are literally the funniest human beings I've ever met. Uh, I loved that I could make a joke and uh, unlike my current podcast host friends, they <laughs> would just be like, oh yes, and and they'd make the joke even funnier and funnier instead of just <laughs> shutting me down immediately when I tell a joke. So it was a, it was a love that would last the lunchtime. Mm. Uh, we became fast friends, and uh Joseph and I really hit, hit it off because we started talking podcasts and he 's like yeah i 've got a podcast and oh, i 've got a podcast, and you know I feel a little embarrassed after I looked at his podcast, which is uh called Force Center. It is a star wars specific podcast, which was great for me uh It is in the top point five percentage of podcast oh downloads my oh, uh. Geez. He makes a living off of his podcast. <laughs> they all have been, it's a good good this is
3: a guy you should definitely keep in
2: contact. I've with. listened to his episodes and I've been reaching out. I'm I'm just now this uh, geeky guy who's a friend who's now become a fan also. I'm like, Hey, have you guys ever spoken about this? I'm really interested in your take on this. And I'm sure he's like, Well, there's twelve hundred episodes. You could probably oh find something about that. <laughs> they they literally release like three episodes a week.
1: Whoa. oh, yeah. oh my gosh. That's uh, incredible. And,
2: but then the next day we're hanging out and everything. We're talking about collections and all this stuff. And he collects vinyl records. And sure. I was like, yeah, me too. And he's like, oh, really? What do you collect? Cause uh, I mostly stick to Sinatra. And, oh, uh, Jesus. and then, yeah, <laughs> I know. Andrew, you know, grabs me, he's shaking me. Kelly used to sing in a Sinatra padded joseph's like what and uh, the hearts in our eyes were just you know everybody just kind of left us alone they couldn't talk to us we were just too wrapped up in each other <laughs> then uh, that night i stayed up uh, until four thirty in the morning drinking with him and it was yeah it was a really really great festival in fact eric it go. was the best festival i've ever been at <laughs>
3: I figured it would be. Yeah,
2: <laughs> <laughs> guy, not dragging me down. Now I meet new people. <laughs> it was it was really something else. But uh, the the bumping into the ex was was weird. It, I think it was yeah. uncomfortable for everyone because the people who are my friends, you know, Eric. Unfortunately, you have had to deal with her, and yeah. you know, yeah. he's interesting. <laughs> a, a challenge.
1: <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's that's often how these things go. Though they're a real roller coaster ride of moments of harrowing. Oh my god, why am I here? And then all of a sudden, like, oh my god, this is the best decision I've made. I have a great new friend, or I've made a great career move. Or there's always that strange tide that happens when you when you attend events. So I'm I'm so glad that it ended on such a good note. And uh, your ex needs to get the fuck over it.
2: Oh, she's totally over it. Uh-huh. I'm, oh yeah, <laughs> she's so over
1: it. I can that you're describing somebody who's extremely over it to me.
2: Well, I I was a little surprised because when we split, we we kind of said, "All right, I'll stay out of your way. You stay out of my way." Lovecraft Film Festival is mine, you mm-hmm. know, and and she had her conventions and all of that stuff, and I was just like, "Yeah, we no need for us to ever bump into each other." Uh, apparently, the moratorium is off and (laughs) has it
1: been 10 years
2: it's been 10 years or more yeah yeah so
1: she probably is like oh it's fine now
2: I guess so I I was kind of like well what are you doing here this was never your thing you never liked these people or this event so but you know people change
1: it's hard it's hard I have my personal opinions about what's probably going on inside our ticker but you know what does not matter. You had a great time. I did have a great there time. You go, yeah. I'm so I'm so stoked. I'm so so stoked. Uh well. Oh, we both had a very lovely week. Yeah. Hmm.
2: Yeah. I'm sorry I missed the uh the wedding though. Well,
1: I'm sorry I missed HP Lovecraft Film Festival. Thank, Thank you for totally. joining
2: for this very special episode <laughs> of
1: Strange GM's <laughs> radio. We'll see you next week. Bye. Uh, <laughs> don't don't do drugs, kids.
2: Uh you know what I'm not sorry that I wait a second, how am I gonna do this with the double negative? What did I I I am sorry that I missed. No,
1: hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Here's something I watched
2: that I did not like.
1: Okay. Oh, all right.
2: Interview with a Vampire. The series is Uh-oh. out now. I, yeah,
3: I've heard nothing. I mean, nothing
1: even remotely like. Oh, this is all right. It's really I I totally have heard people be like, "Wow, that was pretty cool," and I was like, "Oh, I haven't had time to get to it." I guess it just
2: depends on what you want out of the show. What I would have loved was a a retelling of the book that you know hewed closer to the book than the film did which would have been tough but you know brought up to uh modern day it it's just not working for me i think the dialogue is really really bad the acting is a little hammy and eric you and i have talked about this I, i instead of this i would have much rather seen uh a vampire Lassat series. Yeah. That would have been great. We could have started kinda of fresh and retold it through his eyes and then the changes would have made sense. Oh yeah. You know, so I don't know. Uh just a real disappointment for me.
1: Yeah. That that is rough. And not even like the gay love being very obviously gay. That didn't save it?
2: Um I I don't care one way or the other. It's it's definitely there, but I don't think that it's as interesting I don't think the gay love makes it closer to the story when you take out part of, you know, Louis's history, which uh, was, he was a, he was a slave owner in the book and all of that stuff. And that stuff should be kind of talked about and dealt with. Instead, they've, they've turned him into a black vampire
1: right. who is
2: a, uh, like, like a the or a, a brothel, yeah, brothel <laughs> for a life <laughs> for a day or a lifetime, a, a brothel, <laughs> Owner And I'm like, this is certainly does not have any of the gravitas that, you know, somebody who used to be a slave owner, we could play with in today's climate and really have some interesting conversation in a climate now where sex workers are, you know, championed owning a brothel doesn't make you a bad guy. Right. so I also always felt that
3: the books, maybe more so than the movie were, they're more or less asexual. And sex is just how they get their food. You know, it's not so much that they were looking to become married and hang out and sure. have relationships. So, however the sexuality would be, for me, it, it always seemed like it was whatever they needed it to be. Matter of convenience. They were.
1: Yeah, exactly. Interesting. Okay. Well, um, yeah. I saw so much <laughs> How? On your honeymoon? <laughs> um, no. <laughs> I mean, I'm not doing that. So in the meantime, I've been watching a lot of movies. Um, but I did manage to watch the first two episodes of The Midnight Club last night. It's oh. the new Flanagan joint.
2: Yeah.
3: I'd so like much to... stuff has popped up in the last two it's or three crazy. weeks. I forgot about that.
1: It is crazy. <laughs> I like was... it? Um, I do. I do. I will say, I mean, it is very much playing with the trope of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Um, It, it knows that it's trying to mess with like kind of a cheesy 90s teen thing. So it's set in the 90s. And it's not cheesy, but it's exploring some of those routes. There's a couple of weird things about it. And I couldn't quite figure out why they were doing it. I was like, is this a budget thing? Like, there's a lot of scenes that are way too clean and like shot, wait, like there's no, not a dirty thing in the room. Like it looks just really bizarre. And then, um, somebody told me that it's, uh, it was set during or shot during COVID. So it's like a COVID project. And I was like, that explains a lot. Cause they're probably like, let's get in and out. Who cares? Like, let's just roll through this it does have that sort of separated quality where things just feel a little bit strange, but I was like, "Eh, it's it's not a big deal. I don't think they're trying to go for perfection. This is not going to be the next, whatever his last uh, midnight mass.
2: Is you mentioned, are you afraid of the dark? Is it a, uh, is it a young teen or what do they call it? It's it's like an 18.
1: Yeah. It it feels, um, yeah. YA is probably accurate. It's, set for like 18 year olds, roughly in that age group, like that's who the characters are. But it definitely has a YA quality to it where they're not doing anything too crazy, but it is edgier. Um, I would say it's probably not appropriate for, I don't know, 12 year olds, 13 year olds, it's definitely on the upper end of the teens. And they give it a, a backstory that's very useful, but it is still um, story of the week. So it's, you know, telling a story and watching it, um, come out, but each of those stories gives us a little more information about those main characters, and helps us lead through a bigger mystery that's happening in the space that they're in.
2: Huh? And it's called Midnight Club. Mm-hmm. I watched the first episode, and I I haven't gotten
1: back to it. Fair, fair. I've I mean I've only gotten through the first two, but I'm I'm excited to see where it goes. I mean, it's Flanagan, it's and I'm excited because yeah. he's you know gotten only better and better, so. Knock on wood. It's was,
2: better more often than not.
1: Yeah. They were, thank you. That's the right way to put it.
2: Was this a surprise to you guys? Because when I saw it and I saw his name, I was like, did I know he was doing something no, this really was.
1: Halloween? I People kept telling me, like my friends, are always texting me crap about things that are happening soon. <laughs> like, I don't know. like other large movies that come out. And I'm like, I don't have time for this. I'll get to it someday. And this was definitely one of them that people have been telling me about for probably a few months. And I'm like, what? Okay, I'll process that later. And then I was like, oh, it's here. That thing that somebody mentioned to me at some point in a text. Hey, okay, I guess I'll watch it.
2: Well, you have had a lot on your mind lately.
1: There's been a lot going on. Yes, Not, not to mention the sweep of COVID in the wake of my
3: events. There you go. Yeah. I saw one that actually surprised the hell out of me. I thought, oh well, we'll see this. Uh, you know, a new movie popped up on the shutter stream thing. I thought, well, I haven't watched this one yet. Oh. Uh, it's a dead stream. <gasps> I also just watched this. It. it it blew me away. I mean, well, this looks <laughs> so dumb. It's this the story of a YouTube prankster guy who's gonna who's done something stupid and is trying to make a comeback by going to this haunted house. It's fucking great.
2: Really? Okay. I I watched about 20 minutes of it and then turned it off. Well, it's
3: found footage, so I I wasn't going to recommend it to you. (laughs) Right, right. Even though it's technically not found footage, it's live streaming footage. So it's happening as it's happening. So you're not viewing this 20 minutes or 20 years later or whatever. He's actually streaming it live because he's talking to the people online and everything's actually happening. It was just kind of a... Sam Raimi comedy
2: level, which it gets to Interesting later. Interesting you say that. I heard okay. people comparing it to Evil Dead too. Yeah.
1: yeah I was going to say that same thing. It mm-hmm. feels very Raimi at points. And and I don't love Slopstick, but it was pretty, pretty funny. When you're dealing with somebody who's a jackass style. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Dude. It escalates to it too, because it really doesn't start out that way. It starts out fairly straightforward. Okay. The first five minutes I'm going, man, they recreated this asshole kind of action really well i mean this is like 50 percent of youtube (laughs) represented right here but uh but as it progresses along and shit starts to go worse and worse for him the comedy builds it i thought i was just really surprised at how much i liked it
2: uh solid ending yeah yeah and then when we see the ghost or whatever they look groovy
3: yeah they're fine you know they're
1: I mean, I think they're practical. Some, they?
3: Yeah, some look pretty practical and yeah. some look decent. they are uh, It's not anything like, oh, my God, or <laughs> it's just uh, that
1: works. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not propping itself up on the hope that people will like how the ghosts look. I think it's propping itself up on this guy's an idiot and he's pissed <laughs> off all these entities <laughs> and they're fucking done with them. And I think that that's, that works so well, as, for, for me, especially, because it's like yeah. this guy that you just, he's awful. So the the response of ghosts, you know, I don't know, just attacking him any way, shape or form. You're like, yeah, it doesn't have to make sense. Get him. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yes,
2: exactly. Well, uh, clearly I need to give this another chance. Oh, okay. Well, something I did see that I absolutely loved, and I imagine you guys have seen it as well, was uh, Werewolf by Night.
3: I have not. What the fuck? You know why I didn't see Halloween? You know why I didn't see Tonight? You know why I didn't see Halloween Ends? Because the goddamn Mariners played two freaking games yesterday. <laughs> Eighteen innings, seven plus hours. Oh my god! I
1: would have watched both of those <laughs> today. Who it wasn't won? I was game. not paying attention. It wasn't the Mariners. sorry. It
3: was. So, yeah. No, that's why I didn't watch either of those. They were in the pipeline for me to watch yesterday. Okay. Nope.
2: <laughs> what a season.
3: That is true. For the first time, if any of you are on like Facebook or Instagram or wherever I put it, for the first time in a long time, I'm looking
2: forward to next season. So, that's cool.
3: But Werewolf oh, by good. Night,
2: how was it? Vanessa, did you get a chance to see this? I did not. Oh, boy. I don't know what to say I then. I had to
1: finish all the other... Shows that decided to happen during this month. There's so many.
2: I'll say this. As a huge Werewolf by Night fan from the 70s, uh, this is nothing like that.
1: Okay.
2: Okay. I loved this. Nice.
3: I thought it was fantastic.
2: I love the guy they've got playing the Werewolf by Night. I loved Man-Thing, even though he is not at all the Man-Thing from the comics. They've basically turned him into the next Groot. And I'm kind of okay with that. That's awesome.
3: I could see that.
2: Because he know,
3: really doesn't have a personality. No,
2: he's a void of emotion. He yeah. just feeds on whatever emotion you are having. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, they basically said, that's going to be tough to do in a film. <laughs> so we're going to make him, you know, quite honestly, he steals the show. He's quite lovable in this, even, <laughs> though, even though he still has the power of burning people to death. <laughs> For sure. And I thought the black and white wasn't quite what they were trying to make it look like. You know, it was a little too clean, but the yeah. acting was great. The effects were great. Uh, the story was really fun. It was basically just a uh, most dangerous game kind of story, oh. which, nice. you know, I had to admit, I was like, hmm. I just wrote something like this a couple uh-huh. of years back with a werewolf <laughs> involved. so I guess I'll toss that one away also. <laughs> um, I I can't say enough good things about it. I've watched it twice actually. Oh, cool. And it yeah. just underscores what I've been saying. It's an hour long. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is all this needed. I would much rather see shows get turned into a two hour movie that, could just air on Disney Plus and maybe not air in the theaters instead of these series Mm -hmm. that, you know, six episodes here or 12 episodes there and half of them are filler to make their series count. I don't, I don't like that kind of stuff, but I really loved the economy of this werewolf by night story.
1: Interesting. That's cool. So did it feel darker than most Disney products?
2: Well, yeah, but it's got a pretty good sense of humor about itself and i mean it's bloodier and stuff like that but it's shot to look like an old universal horror film mm-hmm. so the blood is is minimal and um at times you know there's a there's a couple of limbs that get lopped off and it's it looks like something you would have seen in the 30s it's like mm, there was never an arm in that sleeve anyway
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh that's awesome um, well, speaking of Disney, I guess I may as well talk about one of the shows that I finished off, which was She Hulk. Mm, yeah. Uh, did anybody else finish that show? Yes. yes. Okay, cool. Um, I thought it was a pretty, um, personally, I thought it was kind of a mediocre ending. I mean, it was fine, it just felt like really anticlimactic to me, but a lot of people loved it, and that's great, and I'm happy for them.
3: I enjoyed it because it just got so... It's like, you know what? We're going to be a little surrealist with her talking, breaking the fourth wall. Screw it. Let's just go blazing saddles at the end of this.
1: Right. Absolutely I kind of wish they'd done more of it throughout. I wish it hadn't been sprinkled so lightly at the beginning where it almost felt like a strange mistake. I wish they'd just been like really this far in the whole time. That, That would have been good.
2: Yeah, I... I hated it.
1: Uh, (laughs) Shocking.
2: Found it incredibly insulting. Uh, As a writer, you know, at least for me, I I plot a story. I always know where my ending is going. You have to know where your ending is going so that you can set up little clues and hints and foreshadowing and all of that stuff. If their ending was going to be, we're going to set up all this shit and then not have to pay any of it off. (laughs) That pisses me off as a writer and Mm. it pisses me off as a viewer.
1: Well, you'll be thrilled to know that they've been uh, greenlit for season two then.
2: Yeah. I, you know, most of my dislike for the show is how, uh, how She-Hulk looks. I Mm. I just think that she looks very cartoony and, and, you know, it doesn't quite look right. And so I'm kind of like, yeah, this is really hard to get into for a uh, a cinematic universe that is so heavy on special effects. These special effects are pretty shoddy. And so that, that always pulls me out. The humor isn't quite funny enough for me. I, and don't get me wrong, plenty of things I liked in this show. I loved the reintroduction of uh, Daredevil and Matt Murdock oh, yes. and the fact they had a little one-night stand and he left doing the walk of shame, <laughs> oh, carrying God, his Daredevil no. boots. Good. All of that stuff I I yeah. thought that kind of humor worked really well.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I liked the abomination stuff where yeah. he, now mm-hmm. he's like, you know, a self-help guy yes. and like yeah. it really turned around that whole character. There there was a lot in there and I really like the actress personally. I I think she's For sure. super lovable, super mm-hmm. cute, super well um, she's doing a great job. Yes. Uh, I I personally don't mind the character design, but yeah, it's hard. It's hard to have a TV show with huge cgi needs
2: yeah i totally understand that the kevin robot thing i was like boy this is
1: cock sucking of the
2: highest order this is, <laughs> this is jerking off into a fan oh and, and just getting all your own cum all over yourself oh look God. at all the love i'm getting i'm
1: so sorry mom
2: oh, I, i'm actually sorry about that too mom eric cut all that out <laughs> i'll think about that yeah you know? um and then, I'll toss in that
3: I was a little surprised by the teaser ending. I'm yeah. Because, and this, this will be my first foray more into the Marvel geekdom that you frequently bathe yeah. yourself in. That storyline comes from one of the largest storylines in Hulk. This one called Planet Hulk, where Hulk is kicked off. Of planet Earth by the Avengers and all the heroes because he's out of control and can't be, they don't want him on the planet anymore. So I'm like, well, that is not the setup that's been going on through all of She-Hulk. It's just, oh, he's just off planet hanging out someplace doing well, some shit.
2: <laughs> the problem being that that planet Hulk story got bastardized into Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, I don't, it felt like a really... uh Last minute edition. Yeah. It was uh,
1: gross. I was, as soon as I, I was like, oh my God, this is so stupid. I don't even know what's, I don't know the storyline. Yeah. I don't know where it's going, but just as somebody who's outside of it, I was like, great, cool. Well,
3: I was just last week reading some of that Hulk Scar story mm. and I stopped reading the issues because it's not good. <laughs> no. I'm like, oh, fuck, I don't care. I was really getting to Hulk. For the last few months, because I came across some very strange, surreal, like Hulk in Hell storylines and oh, this yeah. crazy shit going on, I was like, "Wow, this is neat." Then I started reading the Scar
2: story and I'm going, this is dumb. <laughs> Remind me, he he comes to Earth to kill Hulk, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, it was a really dark storyline. Comes to kill his should father. have been. Yeah, uh,
3: didn't well. didn't go very dark for very long. Yeah, <laughs> that was
2: let me problem. just put it this way for everyone out there who's going, oh, Kelly can't handle a uh, female-driven story. I, I'll say this, you men and women who want these female-driven stories, you should be demanding better. You should be demanding better than She-Hulk. <laughs> Not defending it. You should be going, hey, this I, I get that this is meant for me, but I deserve better.
1: Oh my gosh! There's so much to unpack. I, I could say I don't
3: think I've seen a litany <laughs> of women going crazy about hating She-Hulk. I've seen a lot
1: of guys doing it, but I've seen a lot of women who are extremely pro She-Hulk from a feminist perspective.
3: From that perspective, but I mean, just in general, as far as like liking the show or not, not mm-hmm. not championing it as being something important, but just as a TV show, I've seen like, not I mean, like not all. I mean, Dina was not hugely impressed with it. Partially because she doesn't like surrealist stuff. Sure. <laughs> yeah.
1: She's like, where is this going? But
3: I mean, I, there's the, the people that champion it as being something important. But then there's also the people that someone I think mistakenly is accusing you of attacking it pointlessly as, well, this is just patronizing to whatever. And it doesn't. It doesn't give me what I want out of She-Hulk, so it must be terrible and it must only be placating to a certain crowd. So it, it just sucks by by virtue of that.
1: Definitely walking on a double edged sword yeah. because it's like pre addressing the 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 people who are trying to tear it down, which can be very clever and can be seen as very proactive and and, a, and an interesting, strong approach, especially from a female perspective. To be like, okay, these are the trolls. This is the kind of shit they're going to say, and this is why they're stupid. And we're going to make fun of them. That's great, but it also limits. It, it is only going to be receptive for this period of time right now. It yeah. will age very poorly, very poorly. <laughs> yeah. and that is tough. Like, it feels so short sighted to me, and it's not great storytelling. It's, it's empowering for like a second, but it's, yeah, I don't know. there There's something a little bit lackluster within that. Yeah.
2: yeah. I just think that, I mean, this is a show that probably should have come out in 2002. Hmm. It feels like, you know, what we were watching on Fox back yeah. then and yeah. stuff like that. But, you know, 20 years later, it comes off as, I think, already dated poorly. Hmm. Uh, I think there's interesting stories you could tell if you want to tell this kind of story that are better. You know, it would not surprise me to find out that the, uh, the writer's room is packed full of men in this show trying to figure out what would be a good story.
1: (laughs) Yeah. You know, I think we're in an, in a period, we're in an age right now where we're starting to figure out what female stories are and the girls get it done. Bullshit is crap and I hate it, but Harley Quinn is fucking incredible and true So you're trying to find this correct line. And I know the same thing happened when women started um, being kind of allowed to write books for the first time ever. The first like 100, 200, 300 books that women general as a mass put out were mostly bad because it was like the first time people let them. And so they had to kind of figure out what that voice looked like, what that narrative was structured like, how to do it right, how how to use the tools and get those tools in their hands to produce great content. And I think that this is a, a replication of that process. So it's going to take a minute to get the cream of the crop. And we're going to see little awesome things popping up here and there. But there is going to be some crap out there, too. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I just, you know, with Marvel being such a huge thing, mm-hmm. Disney and everything, and, and of course, everything is written by committee, so they can't yeah, really, uh, you know, the hard take, part. <laughs> take real uh, risks. But I am almost positive that the new Black Panther will be really strong. And what's the difference? Is it just that they're willing to give that kind of attention to?
1: Financial a, proven success. Yeah. And, um, also, uh, an additional amount of, um, here you go, we're sorry because your star died. So you guys get a little extra space to do something interesting and creative, yeah. um, beyond um, what we would have already given you.
3: Sort of like uh, Captain America. The first Captain America was not the best. Right. It was mm-hmm. after they showed it was really good. Hey, let's do a really juicy story. And
1: you had a really freaking great Captain America movie. Yeah. Interesting.
3: Yes, exactly. Who
1: would have thought we'd talk this long about a Disney show?
3: Well, hey, I can I can just totally ruin the moment and come up with the next movie that I watched, which is completely pointless and hilarious. Oh, good. <laughs> Go on. The Incredibly Strange Creatures Who Stopped Living and Became Mixed-Up Zombies! Exclamation point, exclamation point, question mark.
1: Oh. Oh. Is this I, an old or a new film?
2: I was oh. not expecting that question mark, I'll tell you. Yeah, that. that's, yeah
3: <laughs> that's there. The Ray Dennis Steckler. It's the latest uh, Severin box set of a crazy low rent director. Oh no,
1: no! That's right, man. The journey. The Al journey you go on. and
3: Milligan and now
1: oh, my God.
3: Steckler. This guy also stars in a lot of his movies.
1: You've seen. <laughs> You have seen like all of Spielberg and Scorsese. Yeah. You've done those first, yeah. right? Okay. So you're you've ha- you've actually hit the good ones, at least. <laughs> yeah. Now that you're at the <laughs> trash bottom of the absolute barrel. But
3: it was like two or three episodes ago I was talking about uh Russian art deep art. Filmmakers. I'm impressed.
1: I'm so impressed with the what you are you sit through, but then you get to these box sets of these people and I'm like, you deserve better, Eric. Who is making you do this? Point to them in the picture. We will we will make sure they're removed from your life.
3: This one's fascinating. Uh Joe Bob does the intro for it from years ago. looks like maybe even like early nineties but uh he talks about how and yes every time you do that it has to have the two exclamation points and the question mark <laughs> and uh the it has no less than i think 6 musical numbers oh all of which were performed on the same day with no rehearsal
1: <laughs> whoa <laughs> gets better and better
3: oh it's it's a fascinating mess but it's so stupidly fun to watch um yeah that's about all you can say about it. Is
1: it so <laughs> bad it's good? Or like, is it, I mean, is it genuinely got moments of good or is these, there nothing? These
3: three directors that they featured yeah, are incredibly well selected because they have a weird quality to them. Mm-hmm. And generally the first movie or two you watch from the box, you're like, God, what am I in for? And then you get into it and you start to see how these guys were making their movies and they become very interesting. If you just watch this as a one-off and never watch another one of his films, I would understand him. But uh, being in the box set going, oh, let's check out another one. You get the feel. Uh, Milligan is probably the best for that because he is by far the worst technical filmmaker mm. of the group. But it, it's just an interesting study in the way film and art and all that shit is made. As I'm over here reading the the story of film at the same time where the guy's talking about the... The influence that the, I think currently it's time about the influence of the Vietnam War and the way the French were doing films. So I'm getting my pretension.
1: Oh, (laughs) good. Okay. okay. That's very important. (laughs) That's right. How many films are in this box set? Uh,
3: 20, I believe. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I'm not sure if I'm going to be watching all of them because he was a, there's some, shall we say, adult films from the early 70s. Oh, gosh. Not an era that I'm <laughs> particularly interested in. So I am going. I don't know if I'm going to be watching all of his porn films, but God. the other ones will definitely get watched.
1: <laughs> all right. Look forward to hearing this name come up a few times in the future.
2: I'm just glad that you made time for this, but zero time for Werewolf by Night.
3: Well, I watched <laughs> this like two weeks ago. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. That's fair.
2: Well, okay, just uh, send those porn films over here. I'll do the review of those. sure. Uh, How about we take a little break, and then when we come back, we are talking full moon pictures.
0: In Andre Toulon's haunted attic, two of the puppet master's most fiendish creations have broken free in sizes that will startle you Full Moon Toys proudly introduces a shocking new line of action figures with Blade and Six Shooter Now you pull the strings of the two biggest stars from the Smash Puppet Master video series Strike a pose and help Blade do battle with a hand that switches from stiletto to hatchet. And eyes that light up the night. Six Shooter will always be on target when you aim his six arms, each one packing a chrome pistol. Then, on the rampage soon from Full Moon Toys are the totem and tunneler. Blade and Six Shooter. The new Puppet Master action figures are attacking your toy and specialty stores now. For more information, check out the Full Moon Toys website at fullmoontoys.com.
2: And we're back. Uh, You guys, we've been talking all month about horror production companies and everything, and this time it is... uh, Full moon pictures. I also said you could do empire pictures if you wanted to, but I'm uh, introducing a new twist to the way we do this. Uh, Uh Those of you who who spoke to me at the festival will appreciate this. Uh. (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) I have in my hand an egg timer. Oh God. That I'm going to set to 10 minutes. And that is how long we each get to talk about our films. And I'm starting right now
1: Oh my god all right, I don't guys. like this at all
2: <laughs> My film is Man From 1991
1: On the planet Arcturus
0: He's the toughest cop around That's a quarter will
2: Most powerful in the universe
0: That's right fat Boy. What do you want asshole Nothing You're just gonna walk away Earth. He's 13 inches tall. Oh, fuck! That's about the size of it. Shit! Can we keep it? We're together. We're going to war. With who? the fucking doll man, Who else? Ah! Are you in the wrong neighborhood? Urban fucking renewal. Dollman. 13 inches with an attitude.
2: You guys ever see this?
1: We're going to hear that ticking all the way through.
2: Yes, I hope so. <laughs>
1: okay, I Dollman, know. all right, go.
2: <laughs> Budget? No idea. Box office? No information. Rotten Tomatoes critics have it at 50%, and the audience is like, fuck you, 34%. This is directed by Albert Pyun. He has 56 credits, including Cyborg, Nemesis, something called Cyborg Nemesis, which I can only imagine is a mashup of his two previous films.
1: He just recut them.
2: (laughs) Uh, And then a movie called Road to Hell that I know our friend Craig loves, and I liked when I finally saw it. Nice. This was written by Charles Band. He is the founder of Empire Pictures and Full Moon Entertainment. 358 producer credits, 73 directing credits, (laughs) and 61 writing credits. Almost all of them trash. Cool. This was also written by Charles and uh, Ed Naha, who wrote uh, Chud 2, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, Troll, Dolls. And it stars, Tim Thomerson, 208 credits. He was in Trancers, Cherry 2000, Nemesis. Mm -hmm. Um, I will always remember him. He was the dad in Near Dark.
3: Oh, Oh, nice.
2: Jackie Earl Haley. Oh. Yeah, 63 credits, including Damnation Alley, Bad News Bears. He was uh, Rorschach in The Watchmen. He was the new Mm -hmm. Freddy in Nightmare on Elm Street remake. Poor guy. Uh, my favorite of him is Breaking Away, of sure. course. Do you know who I'm talking about, Vanessa? I Can don't... you picture this guy?
1: I mean, I, I, I can't, I'm i only picturing Rorschach and that's not helpful. Yeah, yeah. No, that
3: doesn't really.
2: He him. is, I, this is going to be mean. Yeah. He is a very unattractive man. Yes. He was an unattractive kid. He's a very unlikely uh, actor who's been in some big films. There's something about him that makes me want to just punch him in the face so bad. <laughs> Okay, okay. He
1: just looks I got, Eisenberg, got yeah. a
2: weaselly rap face, yeah. and I sure hope he does not listen to this show. <laughs>
1: oh no, he doesn't now.
2: <laughs> <laughs> also stars uh, Kamala Lopez or Kamala Lopez. I've heard it both ways in my life. I have no idea how she pronounces hers. There you go. Sixty nine credits, mostly TV, but she was also in I Heart Huckabee's Lightning Jack and mm-hmm. something called Night Children, which I can only hope is horror.
1: That'd be. So-
2: so when's the bomb going to go off? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to hit the Oh, man, movie. I only got seven minutes. You guys shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so we're introduced to this new planet that looks a lot like Earth, which is always a little disappointing because I'm like, how hard would it have been to put signs that have like a different looking language over the signs that have English on them? It's like this different planet evolved exactly the way we did, <laughs> only <laughs> only far superior in their technology. <laughs> But they learned English and all that stuff too. Um, there is a criminal that has been chased into a laundromat and he has found a bunch of people there and he takes them hostage, right? Cool. So these are very large people. And I only mention this because it becomes part of the plot. Oh God. Enter Brick Bardo, <laughs> who is basically dirty Harry Callahan. Um He comes into the laundromat carrying his uh, laundry basket and a box of soap. And while this guy is standing there with a gun, he surrounded himself with all these very large people. And uh, Brick decides he's going to do laundry there. Cool. Yeah. And the guy (laughs) says, you know, what are you going to do about this? I've got these people here. You can't shoot them and all this stuff. And, And Bardo comes up. And he's like, hey, fat boy, And he's talking to this kid and all of this stuff. And he says, uh, he says, I'm going to put my gun up against this fat chick's head right here. I'm going to blow a bullet right through her head. It's going to go right through your head. And then it's going to go through the fat chick behind yours head. And uh, they all start to panic. He's got them roped around him, right? He's like in the center of this uh, donut of very large people. And they all start to panic and uh, they squish and squeeze him and it falls over, and that's how Brick gets him. It's really stupid.
3: Oh my God. Wasn't yeah. there like a serial killer movie where a guy did that? He tied them all together. It's like one of those super artsy ones.
2: I don't remember that.
3: Man, I have to. Sorry, continue. I will look. Um,
2: Bardo Five minutes. gets kidnapped by his greatest enemy, <laughs> who's just a floating head. Okay. And uh, there's a big, huge fight scene where his gun just blows people up. He points his gun at them and they literally explode. But then the floating head guy escapes into this energy field surrounding the planet. And Bardo follows him. For some reason, they land on Earth. So in the Bronx, we're introduced to Braxton Red and his gang who control the neighborhoods. And Debbie, a single mom trying to get police to do more, Uh, so Braxton has his guys kidnap Debbie and they take her to this industrial area where they're going to kill her. But that's coincidentally where Brick's little spaceship landed. And so he attacks these goons. Uh, but his awesome gun is basically just a regular gun because of its size. Cause you guys, he's only six inches tall when he lands on earth. (laughs) He's a doll man. Um, from here, it's very silly, familiar territory. The gangsters come for revenge. And one scene Brick takes them all out it looks like everything is cool. Debbie, of course, introduces Brick to her young son who is infatuated with him because he looks like a toy. Uh, But then Braxton meets up with Brick's enemy, the floating head, which is, you know, this tiny little floating head now on earth. And this guy takes over the gang and leads them into a climax. It's a big shootout and all of that. It's a it's a really stupid movie. I had a ton of fun with it. Okay. Um, the, the writing is bad, but the acting is fine, a, a little campy. But I think that everybody knows exactly what movie they're in here, so it's fine. Full moon. Um, a lot of the uh, effects are really bad because it's a uh, reverse screen projection, and none of the lighting on the actor matches the lighting on the <laughs> scene he's in. So, it, you know, it, it just screams... Late '80s, early '90s, straight to video. Oh my god! Uh, I liked it so much I watched Doll Man versus Demonic Toys afterwards, Ooh. and that is straight up trash. Oh, oh bummer! Oh. I was right. Yeah, Lars
3: Van Ture might have dr- borrowed from Doll Man for the house that Jack built, because he does a thing where he strings all of his victims oh. together to see, like, I don't know if he's trying to see how far the bullet will go killing all of them, but he does that exact thing. Oh,
1: huh. my
3: God. <laughs> <Okay>. well, Weird. <laughs> that would be awesome. If I was Charles Band, I'd go, guess what, guys?
2: <laughs> uh, I have a little bit of trivia here. Okay. This is one of the many occasions director Albert Pune has used the name Brick Bardo. <laughs> he also used it for a minor antagonist in the Jean-Claude Van Damme movie Cyborg. Cool. And he first used it in something called Radioactive Dreams.
1: It's not the same guy. It's not the same character. It's just the same name.
2: No, that's what I mean. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's yeah. used the name. For whatever he thinks that is a fantastic name.
1: Wow. It's not? It's got a
2: really bad rhyming <laughs> scheme really going funny. on there, too.
1: Sounds very clunky.
2: Uh, the trailer for this film uses the mo- the music from the movie Robocop.
1: <laughs> wow. I would say that
2: that is a better choice.
1: That's ballsy.
2: Uh but, even ballsier, in the first 15 minutes, the footage of the city on Arcturus is the name of the planet. Not Arcturus, which is an actual uh, heavenly body of some kind. Arturus, uh the footage of the city are recycled shots of New Chicago from the 70s series Buck Rogers in the 25th ah, nice. century.
1: <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. I was sure you were which- going to say, like, superman or something
3: <laughs> which is often frequently
2: stolen from battlestar galactica right <laughs> now i'm gonna fuck up this uh how it's pronounced this movie is part of the notorious german Schleffers series uh which means it was aired august 2020 on german tv station tele5 Schlagfass is a German abbreviation. It means the worst films ever. <laughs> and in that series, two hosts present the whole flick and make fun of it throughout the movie.
1: That's beautiful. Way in to go, German, Germans.
2: Yeah, German Mystery 3000 there. <laughs> I actually would say that I, I would recommend this film, and it was a surprise to me. I started watching something else. Oh, I started watching the original Demonic Toys. Oh. Trash. Just garbage. <laughs> so... I'm just watching this countdown now. I want to see what this sounds like when it finally goes off. Oh God! How loud will this be, you guys? Yes. Oh my goodness, you guys! I've managed to to get it in under my ten minutes. I
1: was gonna say, can you just throw us more trivia?
2: There's not a lot of trivia that I thought was interesting in this. So,
3: yeah, that's true of a lot of the full moon ones.
1: Yeah. So the so so he starts off being from another planet though, and so this is firmly sci-fi.
2: Well. (laughs) <laughs> they all speak English there <laughs>
1: well, you know. Not that sci-fi Well, but he's like got a ship And he's t- small,
2: I yes. guess But so. the planet, everybody is that size, that size it's So it's just, just like a normal like the
1: oh, oh, Oh my god, you guys Wow, startling <laughs> Oh
2: lord in heaven
1: No I'll yeah, tell oh. you what
2: For <laughs> mine,
1: I'm just going to put on my own timer on my phone Oh no, you're
2: not At I least spent least $4 like... on this <laughs> yeah,
1: he, He's going to He's going to torture all of us. I hate everything.
2: (laughs) All right. Are you ready, Vanessa? Because here we go. All
1: right. So (laughs) my full moon picture was a film that I had not seen. Don't make it closer to me. Jeez, Louise. Okay. (laughs) Uh, My (laughs) full moon picture was the 1985 film Ghoulies. Jonathan. Is having a housewarming party.
2: Whoa! What do you guys
0: want to do? Well, we could play hide and go seek. Yeah. What about Trivial Pursuit? Yeah. yeah. It's a trip, poker. Yeah. <laughs> I got an idea. Let's do a ritual. Yod he, bow he. Yod he, bow he. You do the hokey pokey and turn yourself. <laughs> knock it off. Come. I order thee. In the name of the most holy Trinity. Come. I order thee. Well, that was fun. No, no, wait. I, I need to dismiss the spirit. So do I. Where's the
3: bathroom? <laughs> Upstairs. <laughs> I'm.
0: Fortunately, there will be some surprise guests. They have very bad manners, and they have no respect for privacy. They'll wake up the neighbors.
2: What the hell's in
0: there? And they never take no for an answer. Man, that chick is really a screamer. (laughs) (laughs) Ghoulies. Once they show up, you can never get rid of them. Ah! (laughs) Ghoulies. They'll get you in the end.
2: Oh, my. Like, I like Ghoulies.
1: I'm excited about this. Well, the reason why I chose it is because um, I'm actually in a film that I'm going to watch at the end of October, and my scene is kind of based off of Ghoulies, and so I'm very excited to check it out, which is the WNUF sequel. So, Ah. um, yeah, so I have not yet watched it, and I wanted to know what the reference was. Anyways, I had a green screen, so I did not know. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I watched this uh, for free with a temporary Showtime subscription. You too can check it out. Uh, this has an 8% from critics and a 20% from the audience on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> However, the budget, which was 5.5 million, actually brought in a box office of 35 million. Whoa! Not too shabby. Not oh, oh. too shabby. Actually, did pretty good. God. Written and directed by Luca Bervucci, uh, who has 10 oh. credits to his name, including Rockula, *Dark Tide*, and *Luck of the Draw*. He's actually acted in 71 uh, projects, including mostly TV walk-ons. He's produced 26 things, including 12 Monkeys, the TV show. So he does a lot of stuff.
2: Still working, then.
1: Yes. Uh, And co-written by Jeffrey Lovey, who has 14 credits to his name, including Drive, SFW, and also Rockula. This movie is starring Peter Lipas, who has 23 credits to his name, including Wishmaster as Pharmacy customer number one, <laughs> Ghoulies one through four as Jonathan, Wanted, Alone with a Stranger, Romance Theater as Nick, also starring Lisa Pelican, who has been in 55 things, including Lionheart with Van Damme, Return wow. to the Blue Lagoon, Julia, <laughs> Jennifer, and a lot of TV walk on roles. Michael De, uh, DeBars, 113 credits, including host of Little Steven's Underground Garage on Sirius XM. Starred in Duran Duran's spin-off group uh a Duran Duran spin-off group uh the power station mm-hmm. also Great album <laughs> also checkered past and wrong song uh, and wrong song song obsession uh starred in to sir with love the man from Elysian fields and diary of a sex addict oh. so uh kind of a, a rock star kind of dude and we also have randomly uh Jack Nance who's been in 40 things, including Pete Martell from Twin Peaks, um, and Marquiska Hakertay, who's been in 55 things, but you might know her as 23 years of law and order. (laughs) So the story is a group of puppets, a.k.a. (laughs) ghoulies, I guess, no one really says, and people in white robes have gathered together amongst a sea of candles and giant ghoulie statue uh, to watch a dude with white hair and green eyes perform a ritual of some kind. This is a very special night, apparently. Uh, and he has handed a baby, the product of him and one of his cult members. The baby is special, he says, I guess, <laughs> and they need to sacrifice him for some reason. The mom, who is one of the cult members, suddenly is very surprised that the baby is being put on altar, says, you promised not to kill him. <laughs> I guess they made an agreement earlier at some stage. But he has, uh, he has her taken away... Um, and basically, like, held down as he gets ready to bring the knife to the child. Right as he's about to stab him, he gets zapped. The child is somehow protected. Who knows how? Uh, sex, blood, magic, I guess. He asks one of his <laughs> cult members, Pete Martell, to take the kid away and get rid of it. Uh, they still have to do a sacrifice, though, so he goes ahead and grabs the chick um, who is tied up. He ha- lets the creature start to eat her hands, and a chest burster kind of comes through her Front, which we don't fully see we just sort of see her chest rippling but we know it happens because one of the ghoulies who's a bystander shades his vision from the gruesome sight and looks away. <laughs> so cut to many years later uh, we have a VO telling us that the cult leader was the cause of his own undoing and is now dead. The child was raised in secret by that other cultist guy Wolfgang who brought him away who is now the caretaker of the large estate. Uh Jonathan Graves who's the son fully grown Uh, is now a college kid, even though he looks like he's in his 40s. He's inherited this place and is moving out there with his girlfriend, Rebecca. They walk around the estate carefree, passing by an oddly sunken gravestone that will not come back later. Wolfgang (laughs) muses about the death of his father and the curse that should just pass on forever and not affect anyone at all moving forward. I guess there's a curse. I don't know. This has not been established. But instead... Throughout the movie The cults of becoming Or sorry The call of becoming A cult leader This is really stressful guys The, <laughs> call becoming...
3: see, the, part, the part that's Interesting And Unfortunately We don't do video So you can't see The, the squirming nature
1: of Her eyes right Flicking now. nervously To
2: the egg timer <laughs>
1: true it's very large and it's white and it's very imposing the letters are big because i think kelly's vision is bad that is true it's an oversized egg timer and it's right in front of me and now i've got less than five minutes okay so um anyway the he has a cold of becoming a cult leader that's very strong and he can't help himself and he finds that He's just constantly trying to like do these strange spells and he gets really obsessed with it and he drops out of school and he holds a dinner party where a bunch of um, his friends show up that are fun, wacky characters that I want to spend zero time with. That's okay. (laughs) This entire film should just be about them hanging out at this wacky party. But no, the party (laughs) disbands. We spend about 40 minutes watching him wander around trying to become into cults, I guess. And then has the party again. And artificially recreates it, but this time with ghoulies and craziness and lots of death. Anyway, this film um, has a great use of puppets. Uh, It has a really fun kind of build around those set pieces. Uh, The party scenes and the characters are generally uh, intolerable as a whole. (laughs) I hated all of them. (laughs) Except uh, one fun scene where Jonathan decides to make them all wear um, sunglasses at night at a dinner table. Uh, And they're all very wildly different sunglasses. Some are steampunk. Some have little windshield wipers on them. And it makes no sense. And it's pretty fun. General thoughts. The toilet on the movie poster is a lie. It's such bullshit. Like a a ghoulie pops in it for like, I don't know, a second and a half in a uh, montage of ghoulies. He does not have on a T-shirt or suspenders, which is shown (laughs) in the movie poster. So that sucks shenanigans he's just a normal (laughs) ghoulie there's no payoff the music is awful through the whole film most of the characters are pointless especially the girls who have no character traits including things like get drunk or high and like to be gropey on women they don't even get that they just get to wear clothes so that's cool sometimes (laughs) but then again the plot is also pointless i have no idea what is going on why anyone is doing anything uh, Jonathan probably shouldn't have dropped out of college, I guess, but I don't know what he was trying to do in college anyway. So it depends on his major. I don't know why <laughs> his dad, uh, may or may not want to come back from the dead to take back over this cult to do something. I don't know. There's just ghoulies everywhere, but the monsters are fun and that's pretty neat. There are also, I don't know which ones are the ghoulies and which ones are not ghoulies. There are two, uh, little people who are knights. Um, some of them are green, some are white. Not sure. At the end, there's a big fight between um, good and evil, which is Wolfgang and his ghost dad. It's weird, makes no sense. And he says, run. And then they stand there and don't run. And then eventually they run and it's over. And I'm like, that was a movie. Cool. <laughs> Trivia. <Are> we- <laughs> originally planned shut up stop talking let me go one minute left trivia originally planned to be filmed in 3d and actually began production in 3d the audience would put on their glasses every time the characters put on sunglasses which is when the film would change from 2d to 3d that was their visual clue which is why random scenes in this have people wearing sunglasses but they didn't end up doing it so now there's just random (laughs) sunglass scenes throughout Uh, The 1986 movie Critters had a scene where a critter comes out of a toilet as an homage to this film. Oh,
2: God, why? (laughs) I
1: know. According to Charles Band, he and other staff members of the movie received a ton of hate mail in response to the TV trailer and the poster for this movie because there is a (laughs) ghoulie popping out of the toilet, which caused several angry mothers to write letters to the studio saying that kids were too scared to go to the bathroom after seeing the poster. (laughs) Jeffrey Combs auditioned to be the star Jonathan Graves did not get it. Uh, original concept for the film had a very different final product. It was going to be about a
0: Oh
2: no, I'm sorry, Vanessa. Sorry.
1: You know what? You are great under pressure.
2: <laughs> that was impressive. Oh Let's talk a little bit about this movie. Okay. First of all, I guess I I guess I haven't seen
1: it. <laughs> yeah, I thought I had seen <laughs> it. Too. Yeah.
2: This doesn't have uh, wasp music throughout. Hard rock heavy metal?
1: I don't think so. Why is it still ticking? God, i really stressed out right now. Can I put it under my shirt so it's muted? No. Okay. <laughs> you put it under a hat so it's muted? Uh,
2: I guess maybe. So it's muted? Maybe I saw Ghoulies too.
1: You I did.
2: I didn't realize this was a
3: full moon. For some reason, it didn't strike me as a full moon one. But yeah. Gee, yeah. Critters, Ghoulies. I've seen all the critters. I thought I'd seen some of the Ghoulies. I guess not.
2: I I, I know four. I saw one that had the song "Scream Until You Like It" from oh. Wasp. It. I
3: thought that was critters
2: No That's ghoulies too I that's guess ghoulies. Okay yeah, which also has a poster of a ghoulie coming out of the toilet. That is apparently their trademark. Maybe there are
1: two two ghoulies coming out of one toilet that will never show up in the film. I'm hopeful <laughs> that in the second movie, there is actually a ghoulie coming out of a toilet to do something. He doesn't even like, bite anyone in the butt. There's no, like, there's no <laughs> bathroom scene. Seems
2: like that would be the only reason for something right? to come out of the toilet. Why
1: would he be in the toilet at all? What a great way to get whatever
3: asshole male character you've got Taken care of. Right? Right.
1: Immediately. There are so many intolerable male characters in this movie. Any one of them. Right on the nuts. Would have Van- been great. Vanessa, was it.
2: there any other trivia you wanted to get out?
1: I mean, it definitely didn't grow There's nothing that I'm worth talking about, you guys. Um, uh, there's a lot of funny quotes, I would say, from Charles Band saying, like, oh yeah, this was my idea. Oh no, it was definitely not my idea. Oh, this fell apart because of something that had nothing to do with me. It's just very funny how he will change the story to basically make it work for him. So yeah, no, there's nothing terribly exciting.
2: I think this is a good segue for Eric to tell us all about his Charles Band.
3: I first met Charles Band at Horror Find where I got the subspecies stuff signed by him and he was fairly nice and personable mm-hmm. and seemed pretty cool mm-hmm. forward a few months later and we're screening at dragon con for our film and uh, i see charles bands giving a talk on the like the future of low budget movies or how to make low budget films or something and we go great i'm going to this because obviously this boy this guy knows what he's doing well this was happening At about the time when Netflix was really kicking in and starting to knock out mom and pop stores and blockbusters were starting to close.
2: Right, back before streaming, but when Netflix was doing the mail away for... Exactly. you
3: still had something going on and uh, wow, he was a bitter son of a bitch. He was very much like, I don't know why I'm in this business None of you should want to get into this business. It's so hard. I don't know how I'm going to be making money five years from now. I don't see a path forward. Wow.
2: For cue, me. cue a fourteen-year-old in the back <laughs> crying. <laughs> and <laughs> and Mommy, that was his talk.
0: talk.
2: <laughs> that was his talk for the whole hour. Was
3: just, oh. "Don't do this. It's terrible. I've ruined my life." And uh, like I'm I... done. And he's got a shit ton of films now that have come out since then.
2: <sighs> yeah, but let's face it. Uh, these movies are garbage. Oh, yeah. And the newer ones are even worse. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I think that he had something going on there, but he is his own worst enemy as far as his yeah. success has gone. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I feel like there is a big, when I got out of film school, that feeling was in the air. And there were a lot of people I remember giving talks about, like, I don't know what the future is. And I, like, there was a lot of that kind of going around. Of but I would say the film industry is definitely I, I don't know, you make opportunity where stuff shows yeah, the, up. I don't know how musicians make money at this point. I think that whole industry yeah, is yeah. still floundering. The
3: the film industry does it every few well, whenever a new technology comes out, TV comes out, oh it's gonna destroy films forever. Video stores come out, oh it's gonna destroy film whatever. It's just the old guard panicking and freaking out and yeah. not knowing. And that's exactly what he was doing. I don't know what I'm going to be doing, able to make money anymore.
1: My gun. it's not like anybody will crop up to help me sell my DVDs, like I don't know, Shout Factory or Vinegar Syndrome or some other. Well, he's got his own know, schlock. Everything has a place now, too. Exactly. Yeah. Everybody's got a place, you know. And you just have to figure out what that place is and make room for yourself within it.
2: He also, uh, you know, he's not doing himself any favors by doing haunted bong movies and shit, <laughs> like <that>. right?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, Intolerable, junk, junk. Yeah,
2: Eric, are you ready? I am ready. Okay, I'm loving this. By the way, yeah,
3: no, no yeah. Oh, I you are great under pressure.
1: I, I'm serious. It was pretty cool. <laughs> okay, I don't believe you for a second. That's Go fine.
3: on. Uh, anyways, movies I saw: Head of the Family.
2: Turn. Honey, there ain't no turns off this highway.
1: What was it, Lance? What did you see back there?
2: I saw the light, honey.
0: <laughs>
2: I saw the light.
0: <laughs> You've met my brothers and my sister, Mr. Bogan. I don't believe we've ever met. My name is Myron Stackpole out there. the... Pardon the expression. The head of the family, we stackpools all have our uh, peculiarities.
2: You made them folks downstairs go away. I want you to do the same thing for Howard Oates. You make him go away. And uh,
0: you are not at all concerned about my
2: subjects down in the basement? Letting you do what you do, just letting you stay around and keeping my mouth shut, that's a price to me. It's a risk why he ought to get paid for it seems reasonable to me you press too
0: hard and you make it worth it for me to employ desperate measures i'm not normally a vindictive person but in your case i'm going to make an exception <laughs>
3: 1996, so this is sort of after his super heyday, but before he fell into his massive pit of despair. Uh, His Rotten Tomatoes had no critic score, 34 from the crowd. This was directed by Robert Talbot, or Charles Band.
2: Oh, (laughs) interesting.
3: No. He had three different names he directed films under.
1: And was this, like, because he was embarrassed? I don't know.
3: If he's trying to see more, like... Connect, disconnecting from stuff. Right. Uh, the, uh, he's, uh, you might know Charles Band from Barbie and Kendra, Storm Area 51, <laughs> Gingerbread Man versus Evil Bong, Ooga Booga, and of course, as before mentioned, the Evil Bong series of films.
1: Yeah. Oh, Jesus. There's
3: like five of them or something. Written by near uh, Neil Marshall Stevens, who did the screenplay, also wrote 13 Ghosts. Uh, Puppet Master Axis Termination from 2017 and Devil Dolls. Probably
1: mm, <laughs> we've talked about these.
3: The story from Charles Band. He also provided story ideas for the Ginger Man goes to Ginger Weed Man goes to France.
1: Jesus Christ.
3: <laughs> Evil Bong 888 Infinity High. Weegees, What is that? W e e d or we juz. night. All uh, and of course all the Evil Bong movies.
1: Next time I see a pile of Ouija boards, I'm going to be like, (laughs) Weeches.
3: Starring Blake Adams, who's in K911, Stay Cool, and a ton of... Oh, Lurking Fear. So, you know, that's kind of nice. Jacqueline Lovell, who's in lots of television, Animal Instincts 3, and Forrest Gump as an uncredited football fan.
1: (laughs) My favorite role.
3: She went on to publish Babe magazine. And wrote for Femme Fatales magazine in the nineties. Oh. Uh, Bob Shot, who was in Jim Cotta. yes, Vamp, Blood Fist Three, Forced to Fight, Fear, and Russ Myers Up. <laughs> this was <laughs> Van Eeperson, who was in Green Mile, Star Trek Deep, Deep Space Nine, Star Trek Next Generation, Star Trek Enterprise, and Babe, Pig of the City. <laughs> <laughs> He was like aliens and all.
1: Three of oh, okay. I was like, which one?
3: Ah, <laughs> uh, the full moon log logo. Now you know you're in for something.
1: Mm.
3: <laughs> something. And of course, immediately followed by the insanely long credits that every full moon movie has. I think this one was almost two minutes long. Um, this uh, starts off with, uh, hey, here's our char- characters. Here's our dumb, tough guy who is borderline abusive. Well, not borderline abusive. Abusive to his wife. And then the guy that she's having an affair with in the back room of the restaurant where the, the couple is having dinner. And he's supposed to be the smart guy. Say what you will of that. He's <laughs> the smart guy in a full moon movie. So, <laughs> And then we get introduced to the three odd folks that come in. A big, strong guy, a woman dressed in lingerie, and a dude wearing sunglasses. And these are the strange people because everybody kind of like, oh, just help them get them out of here. They all move in a weird synchronicity and do things together. So the uh movie, how to describe this film? Um, the main thing is the head guy. I've seen the picture. Uh-huh. And he's a giant head. He sort of looks like uh, what's it, Modoc yeah. from Marvel? <laughs> and a lot of um, floating
1: heads going on.
3: He controls these three people. There's his Eyes and mouth, who's the guy with the glasses? Mm. There's his strong man, and then there's the lady who he has other uses for, mm. is how he implies that he doesn't really say what those uses are. It's hard That's to figure math. out. <laughs> <Let's look laughs> <at some> math. <laughs> Considering she's a blonde in laundry with, well, like, well, I say, giant boobs. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, they have a lovely love story between Lance and Loretta, who are the, the couple having the affair. It's just sweet and boring. There's a whole twist storyline between her husband, who sets up a con deal that's going to use the guy she's having an affair with to do this other stuff, then leads to the. But then the head guys kidnap the husband, and he sees the guy she's having an affair with sees a way to mess with the people who kidnapped him, which was the head family. Why? Because the head wants a body. (laughs) Oh, God. This is this is Shakespeare shit, man. I gotta tell you, um, the most famous scene from this film, and oh, the uh, the lead lady who published Babe magazine is also an adult film star. Oh. apparently, and so buckets of nudity in this movie. It was almost all her, but it's like I don't think I've ever seen a full moon movie with more naked women. I've, she must have walked on set and said. Can I get naked in this scene, too? <laughs>
2: Hold on. I'm pulling out my pen and paper. Write this one down. Note.
3: They do have a stylistic recreation of the burning of Joan of Arc. Oh. Cool. Where the guys who he is, where the head has captured and tried to turn into bodies and they failed, but they're still around. So he uses them in plays, apparently. And so there's that. Anyways, um, <laughs> <laughs> the strangest movie in, moment in the film is they've been kidnapped and she is trying to seduce the head into thinking that um, she thinks smart guys are great and she really loves him because he's a smart guy, obviously. <laughs> he takes his tongue out Oof. and it goes out and out and out and out, licks her and then goes back. <laughs> okay. it's really fair. it's not as gross as i thought from the reading it but it is still pretty gross are we talking six <laughs> feet long uh three or four feet okay because he the head guy just sits in a wheelchair so he can't really move oh the joan of art performance i gotta tell you tony you'll like this one i felt like i was watching an andy mulligan movie <laughs> oh, wow! The costuming was so bad. The oh, acting no. was so weird. Oh, no. it's like, oh my god, this scene is right out of something Andy Milligan would do for real as a movie. <laughs> um, all of that being said, overall, this is one of the better Full Moon movies. <laughs> the acting's decent. There's some really good, funny, stupid lines. Uh, it moves at a nice pace, considering very little happens. Um, so it's fine. It has taglines, upset the head and you're dead, Ooh. mastermind of death, and <laughs> head is better in high definition. Oh. <laughs> Back of the DVD box for that one. <laughs> the visual style of the film was inspired by the Munsters and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles.
1: Yeah.
3: Which I did not see at all. <laughs> I guess the house might be Munsters reminiscent. I have no idea what they took from the Turtles.
1: The sound or the set? Who knows? No, no. Okay, mystery.
3: <laughs> there's no real. Um, it's not a city. There's no uh, sewers, so I, I don't know. Weird. Okay. On the DVD release of the film, clicking on the Blake Bailey's biography revealed that he is an alien from Uranus who was brought to Earth to negotiate a deal with Full Moon Features, where he would act in exchange for needed supplies for Uranus. Ah. Mm-hmm. Uh- in 2020, Bride of the Head of the Family was released. Oh. To absolutely no notice. <laughs> Did not know it existed. Uh, most of the f- effects are forced perspective, because it's a giant head and people interacting with it. Except for the tongue. The tongue was real. Mm. Real physical, practical effect. Uh, the tongue was three foot long, a monstrous latex thing, slathered in KY jelly to make it slimy and, sh- and shiny, lived on a platform that <laughs> is
2: so Established it. Oh, I'm sorry, Eric, Your time it. is up.
3: You're never going to find out how it
2: worked.
1: I want to know.
3: Yes, of course. Finish. I got Cables <laughs> came out of the back of the tongue and fed into a system of pulleys and levers. It took three people working those pulleys and levers to bring it to life. And those guys literally had to practice for hours to perform the realistic licking motion. That was five seconds of screen time.
1: Wow. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> Real.
2: This is clearly a movie they had the title for before they had the story, right? Oh God, it's gotta be yes. Oh, head of the family, I love this. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, I was a little bummed because you said you were going to do this when I was thinking about doing this. Oh So, okay. but I feel like I might have gotten the better of the yeah, two I think films. You did. I
3: think you did. <laughs> Saying this is a better full moon film is not high praise. Uh, did you? <laughs> Do you have a good time with it at least? Yeah, it was fun to watch. Okay. Yeah. Cause the performances were all good enough that it and there was enough of hold on, what is going on?
1: Right.
3: <laughs> Kept you intrigued. Did Van- you
1: say it was financially successful? I don't know. Oh, okay, gotcha. gotcha.
2: Did <laughs> did you, Vanessa, have a good time with your movie at least?
1: Um well, <laughs> I I didn't I didn't feel the need to leave. I wasn't mad. I thought it was a little boring.
2: You didn't immediately put on ghoulies too, though. You were like, I got to see what happens next.
1: (laughs) I was like, I'm pretty... Well, the problem was like there was such a strong setup and then there was so, like, it was so poorly paced between we're going to have a party. Now we're just going to disband the party, having random shit happen for months at a time that really doesn't mean anything and then lead up again to the exact same point we were at. So it just had this weird lull in the middle that I was like, I... Where are the crazy ghoulies?
2: I have a question I should have asked after you were talking about your film. At the beginning, you said there were, like, people mixed in with the ghoulies. The ghoulies are not the little demons?
1: I don't know. They're not clear. So I think ghoulies are the little demons, but there are multiple kinds of demons, including small humans (laughs) and green ghoulies and white ghoulies. And I, I assume the... I think the creatures are the ghoulies, probably, and then, but the other guys might be time travelers that are the little, I don't know. They're from an alternate dimension. And then there's humans that are like the cultists that hang out with the ghoulies. Right. That are, I don't know. No one ever says what a ghoulie is or mm. how you have a ghoulie or why you have a cult. <laughs> so I don't, I'm not clear on the rules. Ooh,
2: we, we went highbrow for this episode. <laughs> I feel like I won. Because um, <laughs> Dalman was at least fun.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't say, like, I mean, I, I just don't enjoy, like, the intolerable characters that show up at 80s parties where they didn't bother to write anything. Yeah. That sure. isn't fun. Hey, look at our girl's tits. They're huge. I'm going to try to get with her for the next 10 minutes.
2: Right. Like, I that's... hate that, too.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I I know I am alone in this category. So.
2: <laughs> well, okay, so who's got the next pick? I think that's I Eric. Guess, yeah, I think it's mine.
1: Uh, We're going to
3: modern this up a little bit to a controversial level of a lot of people hate, seem to hate everything these people put out, even though they put out some damn good films, to be honest. We're going to talk Blumhouse. Blumhouse.
2: I'm doing Halloween ends.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to do Get Out, you know, one of their (laughs) trashy titles. Oh, there you go.
2: (laughs) All right. Well, I like that. Uh, this is the part where I thank everybody for liking and sharing posts, participating in the value for value model. Um, we really, really appreciate that. Yeah, how we do. Uh, got some feedback. Obviously, you heard while I was down at the Lovecraft <laughs> Film Festival. Talked too
1: long, I guess. Maybe
2: uh, tidying up the show a little bit. A lot Thanks, of people. Thanks, fans. I <laughs> think we appreciate. It, yeah, we might give away too much of every film we talk about, so. I thought that this was a fun thing. And and listener, I sprung this on both of them. They had no idea I was doing this. I had a wonderful time with it.
1: I feel like there's such a thing called constructive criticism. And I don't know that this is a category. I loved it. I loved (laughs) it. Oh, my God.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Why? When When you pulled that out, I was like, oh, what the fuck is this? You're actually going to turn on this ticking thing. And she's not wrong. It is a gigantic it's egg so timer funny. with big, it, big it, red line that counts down each minute.
1: It's on the other side of the tape. I don't even have great vision and I can see this sucker pretty darn clearly.
2: Uh, Eric, how yes. can people reach us if they want to well, leave us a message?
3: We have got our 200th episode coming up pretty soon. Yeah. This is 198. So, you know, you can do the math.
2: Well, I can't, but I assume most people can. Yes, exactly.
1: Oh my God, 198 guys. Snap.
3: so we have a number we have a phone number this is just uh leave a voicemail nobody's going to pick up and talk to you at it Um, but you can leave a voicemail for us at area code 313-427-9559 again that's 313-427-9559
2: uh, call us. Leave us a message. Also, let us know if we're okay uh, playing your message on the air. Perhaps, yeah. uh, you know, let us know if we can use your name. All of that stuff. We'd
3: love to have some of you call in with uh, thoughts and ideas on how much you love the timer for the <laughs> 200th episode, <laughs> or other other things you like, or anything go, you
1: want to say. <laughs> it doesn't have to be about the timer. It definitely you does know? not. <laughs>
3: It's 200 episodes. If you want to go up and say, God, I love the way you guys were in episode five. Why aren't you still like that?
1: It's because they added me.
3: I'd say thank <laughs> you for still listening.
1: <laughs> and you hate women.
3: <laughs> oh,
1: no, I'm I'm excited. I can't wait to hear what people say. Just out of curiosity, does that number spell out anything or is that just random? No, it's oh, random. Bummer
2: the real random thing is that area code I'm like where the fuck is that I, <laughs> so I don't know, man. it's like a, like a, a Google gu- phone
3: number right. or something yeah.
2: cool. alright guys that is the show we are going to be back in seven short days and we're talking Blumhouse Films Transportation and other considerations for Strange Eons Radio produced by Pan Am Airlines when you think of traveling think of Pan Am you can't beat the experience guests of Strange Eons Radio stay at Lodge, Everett it's an easy stop on the road, you know what we mean. Strange Eon's radio is recorded live in front of a studio audience. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving us a positive review on your favorite podcast app. Sit, Ubu, sit. I hate everything.